You know, God, you are blessed. And whatever your circumstances, you are able to bring blessing, speak blessing into the life of a person who does not yet know him. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, today's message might be for someone who doesn't feel blessed. They think their life's a mess and they can't imagine speaking blessing into the lives of others. Well, I would encourage you to look at the story of Jacob that we're right in in the Bible today. Here's this old man and he's full of regrets. He's had an incredibly hard life. My years, they've been few and they've been evil. But when he's speaking to the Pharaoh, who's the one who knows the living God? See, Pharaoh has had a life of ease. Jacob has had a life of difficulty. But Jacob knows God. Jacob has an eternal future with God. Mm. He's at peace with God. Pharaoh knows nothing of this. So who is the one who's blessed? The one who had the luxurious life or the one who's had it really tough but knows the Lord? If God be for us, who can be against us? And I hope that today in the program, the blessing of being the Lord's and of knowing him will shine more brightly than all the difficulties that you may be facing in your life. So in today's message, we're in Genesis chapter 49. We're beginning a new message called Troubled and Dependent. Here's Pastor Colin. We are in the second last week of our series on uh, Joseph. We're running out of chapters in the book of Genesis. It's a story that's just full of grace. We've looked at God's grace in Joseph's life. Goes down to the lowest point, then he gets lifted up to the highest place. We've seen this amazing transformation that has happened in the lives of the brothers. Their, their sins were many, and yet they were brought by God's grace and mercy to a radical change from the inside out in their lives. And then last week and today, we've been seeing the last days of uh, Jacob and seeing that this man who arrived in Egypt, very full of regret and disappointment, really entered the most fruitful season of his life in these 17 years that God gave to him in Egypt. And if we ask the question, why were these the most fruitful years of his life? There are really four answers to that question, and uh, I think it's helpful for us to have it in mind because we're all asking the question, how now can I have the most fruitful season of my life? Well, here are four ways to do that. The first is that you look upwards with faith. Remember, Jacob went to Beersheba. He met with God. He was reminded of the great foundation of faith, that God is always the same, that God always keeps his promises, and that God is always with you. So Jacob looked upwards in faith in the season of his life, and that's why it was so richly blessed. And as we look upwards in faith, our season will be blessed also. Then we saw last time that he looked backward in gratitude. He hadn't always done that. He tended to look back and see everything that was wrong. So when he arrives in Egypt, he says, well, my years have been few and they have been evil. But we saw how by the end of this season of life, he was able to say, you know what? The Lord has been my shepherd all my life long. And he is the one who has redeemed me from evil. Yes, I've seen hard times, but I have had a redeemer with me and he has never failed me and he has never forsaken me. And then this was a fruitful season for Jacob's life because he was able to look forward with hope. And we know this from the book of Hebrews and chapter 11 that tell us about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They all died in faith. 
And like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Jacob knew that he was a stranger on the earth. In other words, he was looking for a heavenly city, even in these Old Testament days. And he saw it, the book of Hebrews says, from afar. So even 2,000 years before Christ, there was some glimpse that this man had of a future beyond this earth and beyond this life. He had some glimpse from afar of what it is to be away from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So what made these years blessed? What will make the most blessed and fruitful season in your life? You've got to be able to look upwards to God in faith, look backwards over your life to this point in gratitude. You've got to be able to look forward with a sense of lively hope to the future that is in the hands of God. And all of that we looked at last time, and today we're coming to the fourth thing, that really is a marker of a fruitful life, and it is to look outwards with love, to look outwards with love. And throughout this last season of Jacob's life, that's what you find him doing. He's blessing other people. He's speaking words of blessing into the lives of others. Now, we're going to focus on chapter 49, but just before we get there, there is uh, the first place where this blessing is spoken by Jacob in Egypt is in chapter 47 and verse 10. And we read there that Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Now, that is a remarkable statement because Pharaoh is the guy who has all the power And Jacob has just arrived in Egypt as a kind of refugee fleeing from a famine. Pharaoh is the one who has all that this world can offer. He has everything in this world. Jacob, when he arrives, is a man full of sorrow and regret and very aware of his own grief and his own loss. How then can a man who has so little bless someone, Pharaoh, who obviously has so much? And the answer is, of course, that Jacob is the one who knows God. That God had said to Abraham, I will bless you, and through you this blessing will come to all the nations of the earth. And you see a little fulfillment of that right here in Genesis 47, where Jacob is speaking the blessing of God to Pharaoh, who here represents the nations. This is the promise to Abraham being expressed and worked out as it will be throughout uh, the Bible story. And so just to take this on board, if you know the living God, if you know God, you are blessed. And you are able to speak blessing into the life of someone who does not know him, irrespective of the grief, loss, sorrow, disappointment, whatever else is going on in your life, you are blessed in a way that someone who has everything this world can offer is not blessed. Think of it. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. If you know God, you are blessed. And whatever your circumstances, you are able to bring blessing, speak blessing into the life of a person who does not yet know him. Now, today we're going to roll the story forward and following that theme and picking it up in chapter 49, which is the uh, last scene in Jacob's life. Here he is on his deathbed and he calls in his sons. And you notice at the head of the chapter, it says, Jacob blesses his sons. 
What that means is that God enabled Jacob to speak prophetically, that is to anticipate the future in relation to each of these 12 boys and also in relation to the families of descent that would come from each of them. And so verse 1, Jacob called his sons and he said, gather yourselves together. Picture them now coming round the bed, as it were, where Jacob uh, is getting to his last hours. Come gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Now, the striking thing, to me at least, on a first reading of this chapter is that when you read it, much of what Jacob says doesn't really sound like blessing at all. Imagine these sons who are gathering around uh, the last hours of the old man's life, and he's got something to say to them, and, you know, put yourself in their shoes. What's dad going to say to me? If he's going to bless you, what would you expect him to say? I mean, something like this, you know, the Lord bless you. May peace be your portion. May joy be yours in abundance and forevermore. I mean, if I'm going to be blessed by an old man, that's kind of what I'm hoping he's going to say. But now put yourself in the shoes of Reuben and see what actually happened. Verse 4, the old man says to Reuben, unstable as water, you shall not have the preeminence. Really, Dad? Thanks. That's that's your parting blessing to me? That's it? Um, Then Jacob raises an old sin from the past where Reuben had slept with Jacob's concubine. You went up to your father's bed and defiled it, verse 4. Or stand in the shoes of Simeon and Levi, verses 5 to 7. Jacob brings up the infamous sin for which these brothers were especially responsible. And that was the awful atrocity that they had perpetrated, the attack on the men of Shechem that had made the name of Jacob stink. We looked at that before. And Jacob refers back to their weapons of violence in verse 7, their anger and their fierce wrath and their cruelty. So what is going on here? Here's this old man, and he's on his deathbed, and he's now speaking to his sons about these old sins. How is this a blessing? I mean, this seems to be more like an old man dredging up the past. I mean, hasn't he learned anything about forgiveness? Doesn't he know that? Um, And you read this chapter, and you say, well, are these brothers really blessed from what's being said to them uh, here? And the answer to that question, are they really blessed? The answer to that question is, yes, absolutely they are blessed. I mean, if you roll forward to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, where John the Apostle sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, and there are 12 gates in the walls, and above each of the gates there are names written. And which names are they? They are the names of the 12 sons of of Jacob, who are named here. So talk about having your name written in heaven. I mean, they've got their names written on the gates of heaven. So uh, you can't get better than that. They are blessed. And all the way through this series, we have seen the remarkable transformation that God has brought in their lives. There's been reconciliation with Joseph. There's been reconciliation with Jacob as they've told the whole truth and they've ended their deception. All of that has been dealt with and it has been very, very wonderful. 
And besides, verse 28, if you look at that, makes it very clear that Jacob's last words were indeed words of blessing and that we're to understand them that way. This is what verse 28, their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each with the blessing suitable to him. So as we come to these scriptures today, we must understand these are not the vindictive ramblings of an old man who could not forget the past. We are quite clearly told, both by the flow of Scripture and specifically by verse 28, that this is Jacob bringing blessing, which tells us something very important. That if you really want to be a blessing in the life of someone you love, there's more to it than just saying kind, soothing words all the time. What we're going to learn here is what it really means in particular situations to be a blessing to someone you love and to speak in a way that really will bless them. And that has to involve more than kind and soothing words. So I want to describe these blessings under four headings. We'll group them together. Blessed and warned. Blessed and challenged. Blessed and encouraged and blessed and honored. And as we touch on each of these, I want you to try and put yourself in the shoes of each of these sons so that you may hear the word of God as it particularly applies to you. And if you're like me, here's what you'll find, that the word of God actually speaks to you in multiple ways and in multiple places, as we find week after week, it always does. You're listening to Pastor Colin Smith and the message Troubled and Dependent From our series, Snapshots of a Godly Life We've been hearing about how to enjoy the most fruitful years of your life and what it means to be blessed And if you ever miss any of our broadcasts you can always go online and catch up with earlier broadcasts or to listen to this broadcast again We're going to get back to the message now Here's Pastor Colin So let's begin here then. Uh, You are blessed and you need to be warned. You are blessed and you need to be warned. And this relates to Reuben and Simeon and Levi. Now blessed and warned is familiar in the Bible. I mean the disciples of Jesus, they're blessed. But Jesus says to them, watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. What's that? That's a warning. So you're blessed, you need to be warned. The book of Ephesians, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3, turn over two pages, you get to chapter 4 and it says, let the thief no longer steal. Why would that be said to people who are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ? Answer, because we all experience the pull of the flesh. You are blessed in Christ, yes, but the inclination of what is in you by nature may be a struggle for you as long as you live in this world. So do not ever forget what is in you by nature, because even though you are blessed in Christ, be warned about this, that that which is in your flesh will be a battle for you throughout the days of your life. You need to know what it is, therefore, and to be on your guard against it. Now, for Reuben, verse 3, 
That was the sin of pride. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength. You're preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Reuben, you were the first. You were the first of the twelve. You were the first to do everything, the first to crawl, first to walk, all the rest of them, steps and stairs after you. They all looked to you. You were always the one who was out in front. People have always deferred to you. You're used to being front of the line. You are used to having the preeminence. That's just how it has been in your life. And Reuben, that's your danger. Here's what is in you, Reuben. You have in your very nature a desire to impress others. There's a bravado about you. And that's what got you into trouble with that great sin from those many years ago. Pride was the sin behind the sin that got you. It was your bravado. It was your pretentiousness. It was your swagger that was your downfall. Never forget that. Reuben, my son, you are blessed. And you do need to be warned. Now, imagine that you were a descendant born into the line of Reuben. And you would say to yourself, I wonder what God said about our family tree. And you would go to Genesis in chapter 49, which is a chapter of huge importance for everyone descended from the 12 tribes. You would go to this and you would say, well, I'm a Reubenite. What's in me? And you would read this. And how would you pray as a result of that? Well, you would surely come to God in this way. You would say to him, oh God, deliver me from the sin of pride because I can see that that is in me too. And please deliver me from the folly to which this bravado leads. And let me be on my guard, lest it take hold of me and Satan gain the advantage as a result. Now, for Simeon and for Levi, there was a different sin that was particularly their point of weakness. And you'll notice there that for these men, it was anger. In their anger, verse 6, they killed men. That was, anger was what was behind the awful atrocity. Cursed be their anger, verse 7, and their wrath. And this sin that had been committed many, many years before this awful atrocity clearly had been forgiven. There had been this great change in the brothers Genuine repentance has come to them. If I put it in New Testament terms, here is a sin that is under the blood of Jesus Christ. But you see the importance of what uh, Jacob is saying here. He's saying, look, with regards to this that has been dealt with, don't ever forget where it came from. You did that because that was in you. It came out of your own flesh. That violence was in you, and what was behind that lashing out was that there is an anger that is in you. There's a frustration in you, Simeon, Levi. It's there by nature, and it kind of churns away, and this is what you're going to have to deal with. You know what it's like, Simeon. 
You experience this regularly, Levi. You go into the school, you come into the church, you go into the workplace, in the family circle, you see something that's not to your liking. And you get yourself very quickly worked up about it. That's just what's in you. And the pressure builds up inside you, and then it all bursts out. People who know you see this in you. Do you realize that this is your major battle? Do you see that this is what was behind the great failure in the past? Simeon, Levi, you are blessed, but you need to be warned. You need to know where your battle is and to be on your guard in that regard. Now, do you see that the plain speaking of a loving father who knows his son's and is well aware of the particular battles that each of them faces, that plain speaking is a wonderful blessing to each of these men. They would never forget what was said by the old man in his dying hours. I know what I have to be on my guard. I'm blessed, and he warned me, and I'm going to carry that with me throughout the rest of my life. What a blessing that is. Blessing is more than saying kind and soothing words over a cup of coffee. It involves the kind of spiritual discernment in a relationship of love and of trust, perhaps over many years, to be able to speak the truth in love, with discernment, with insight. And that's exactly what Jacob does here. And it's a tremendous blessing. Verse 28, he blessed them with the blessing that was suitable to each one. That's what these lads needed to hear. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, you are blessed. And... You need to be warned. You need to be on your guard. You need to be wide awake to where Satan's seeking to gain the advantage over you right now. That's where we'll finish today. Maybe this describes you. You're blessed, but you need to be warned. Next time, we'll hear about how you are blessed, but how you need to be challenged, encouraged, and how you will be honored. So I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. If you feel like you've been blessed from today's message or if you feel God's been speaking to you in a particular way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us by sending us an email. Hello at openthebible.org.uk At Open the Bible, we're able to keep this program on the station because our listeners support us financially. If that's something you feel able to do, we'd really appreciate a regular donation. And to say thank you, if you can set up a regular monthly donation of £5 or more, we would love to send you a copy of Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth and Robert Wolgamuth's book You Can Trust God to Write Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And Colin, why should people read this book? Oh, two reasons. Uh, the first is the people who've written it. Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is a wonderful Bible teacher. Her husband, uh, Robert, a wonderful writer. They've collaborated together. You want to read 
the writings of people who walk closely with the Lord. And Robert and Nancy are marvelous examples of that. But then the second reason would be the focus of this book. It's all about how God writes your story and how you can trust God to write your story, especially in times where you feel, you know, what is actually happening in my life and what is it that God is doing? At one point in the book, Steve, Robert and Nancy give us 10 principles that help us to see how God is at work in the story of our lives. I haven't got time to give all 10, but here's a sample. God works in unexpected, unexplainable ways to accomplish his purpose. Then here's another one. What we see now is not the whole story. Another one. We can trust God to write the story of those we love. That's a really helpful encouragement. And here's another. The challenges we face now may be a part of God writing someone else's story. That's a really helpful insight. And wrapping it up, you can trust God to write your story. God is always writing a redemptive story in the lives of each of his children. And this book wonderfully explains how it's a joy to read and it will be a blessing and a help to all who read it. For Colin Smith and Open the Bible, I'm David Peck, and I hope you'll join us again next time. Open the Bible is supported on this station by our listeners. What does it look like to bless someone? Find out next time on Open the Bible.